Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This episode contains adult themes and is not appropriate for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, the world. This is They Will Kill, a true crime podcast. I'm Sadie Eck. And I am Courtney Eck. And Courtney's night. Sure is. I'm getting you back for a lot of things you've put me through recently <laughs> with this one. Oh, no. I'm also just telling a story that I'm shocked has not been told more, but I'm simultaneously paranoid that you and I have covered this one because once you've done 300 plus episodes uh-huh. over three years, everything sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah, right, right. And you've been an avid true crime fan yourself for years. Mm. Yeah, the panic is real. So. Mm-hmm. We'll find out if we've already done this one and come on this journey with us together, everyone. (laughs) This is the horrible, horrible murder of Camille Arfman. So in 1999, 14-year-old Zeta Camille Arfman, who went by Camille, lived in Oskaloosa, Kansas with her older sister, Heidi. Heidi was married to a man named Floyd Bledsoe. The couple had two children, and the five of them lived together in a trailer home at the end of a rural road. Camille was the youngest of seven children, and her parents were divorced, so she spent weekdays with her sister and weekends at her mother's house. Camille was an honor student who wanted to be a police officer to, quote, help those who have suffered tragedies, especially children. She specifically wanted to give kids teddy bears after they had car accidents, she said. She had a strong belief in God, loved helping out with church activities, and was described as always having a smile on her face. Oh, and before I keep going, I do want to say I've got a lot of information from the book Four Shots in Oski, Murder and Innocence in Middle America by Justin Wingerter, which is a great last name. Mm Mm-hmm. On November 5th, Camille got off the school bus at 4.20 p.m. like she did every day, and around 4.45, her friend Robin Meyer stopped by to hang out with her like she did frequently after school. When Robin arrived, the trailer was empty, but she saw Camille's book bag, books, and half-eaten brownie on the couch. Around 5.30 p.m., a 46-year-old Army colonel was in his deer stand in the woods, waiting for a deer to appear, when he heard someone scream something along the lines of, please don't hurt me. He listened to see if it was just kids playing and heard it a second time, so went to investigate. He headed towards some houses that were in the direction where he'd heard the screams, and when he reached one of the homes, two large dogs started chasing him. Oh, no. So he was forced to climb a tree to escape them. He regretted that decision massively after the fact. At 7.02 p.m., he called police to report the screams, but they weren't investigated until the following day. Mm. Camille had plans to attend a church youth retreat that night, and at around 6.40 p.m., the church van pulled up at the home Camille shared with her sister and brother-in-law, but no one answered when they went to collect her. Camille had planned to go to her mother, Tommy Sue's house, after the retreat, and when she didn't show up by 10.15 p.m., Tommy Sue called the church to find out where she was and learned that she hadn't attended the event that night. Everyone had assumed she had already been with her mother and hadn't thought to check on her. Tommy Sue called her son-in-law Floyd, who worked nights at Zool Dairy, to report that Camille wasn't where she was supposed to be. Floyd's shift ended at midnight, and he told Tammy Sue he'd go looking for Camille once he was off, so there was no need to call the police just yet. 
Camille's sister Heidi also worked nights, and after her shift ended at 11 p.m., she drove home and arrived around 11.40 p.m. Tommy, Sue, Floyd, and other members of the family gathered at the trailer, too, once they heard that Camille was missing. Camille would never disappear without leaving a note or letting someone know her plan, and so the family fanned out and started searching the nearby woods. Heidi filed a missing persons report at around 12.50 a.m. Floyd spent the entire night driving around to question neighbors and family members, and by 6 in the morning, he was calling people to see where he could find bloodhounds to help, and he asked his boss if he could borrow an ATV. The police didn't start investigating until around seven hours after the report had been filed, and it was only then that they followed up on the reports of the neighbor hearing the girl's screams the day before. Hmm. They brought in a canine unit to help search, and when the dogs didn't lead them to anything helpful, they immediately assumed she was a runaway. No. Quote, we had information that we'd received that she wanted to leave, and it's not an uncommon thing, unfortunately, that we do have a lot of young girls and young men both that run away from home. I had no reason to think that somebody had kidnapped her or taken her. Somehow they'd started a rumor that she was with a boyfriend. Ugh. And they and just went with it. Again? 14. She's a little okay. shy, very, very Christian little 14-year-old. You know, and it just... it it. We got to do, it's like due diligence. Yeah. Even if she is a runaway, she's still 14 years old and needs to be found. Yes. So Floyd Bledsoe had a brother named Tom who was described as, quote, faithful and intellectually challenged. And he was a devout member of the same Baptist church that Camille had attended. On November 7th, two days after Camille disappeared, Tom attended church and on his way out of Sunday school, the church pastor, Jim Bollinger, jokingly asked if he knew where Camille was, and Tom said he didn't. That night after the evening service, he received a voicemail from Tom at 8.55 p.m. that said, quote, Hi, Jim. This is Tom. I wanted you to be the first to know, to know I lied to you. Oh, no. I know where Camille is. When you get this message, I'm going to turn myself into the police. I wish I never did it. I hurt the church. I hurt God. Most of all, I let everyone down. All I can say is I'm sorry. I'll pray for the rest of my life for what I've done. All I can ask is for the church to remain strong. Please forgive me. As a favor, please remember my mom and dad. Help them when they go through. Help the pain I'm about to. Thank you, Jim. Sorry. Goodbye. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. So this is Floyd. So just in case, there's a lot of names that are coming coming into play here. So Camille's sister, Heidi, is married to Floyd. Tom is Floyd's brother. So okay. um, Heidi's... Paul. Or no, uh, brother-in-law. Well, yeah, whatever Brother-in-law-ish. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Kind of uncle. I would say uncle-in-law is probably mm-hmm. the, the best, even though it's not technically her uncle, but that's sort of the, sort of the dynamic going on. Right. So Tom then called his parents and told them he knew something about Camille's body and he was going to go to the sheriff's office to tell them, quote, I told him I didn't want to hear nothing else about it. I said, just wait there. I'll get a lawyer and then you and your lawyer can go in and do whatever because I I didn't want to know whether he just found it or what. So Mm. just like stumbled upon the body or if he actually. And this is his mom, right? His father. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. At 9.11 p.m., Tom called Pastor Jim Bollinger for a second time and left a second message. Quote, Hi, Jim. Me again, Tom. Please help me and my dad. Please help my mom and dad through this. Right now, they're disappointed. I know that the church will be too. All I can ask, forgive me for what I've done, and I will pay for the rest of my life. I wanted to tell you in front of the church, but I didn't have enough guts. I'm sorry. I don't know what went through my mind. Right now, you're probably shocked. I wish I could turn the clock back, but I can't. I made my choice. I wish I didn't. I'm sorry. Bye. Bollinger called a longtime friend. So this is the pastor. Mm-hmm. Called a longtime friend who worked on the police force, and the friend told him to bring the recordings to the police. Meanwhile, Tom went to his parents' house where he hugged his mother, said he loved her, and apologized for what he'd done. 
Tom's mother brought him to a friend's home, a man named Jim Swoyer, who had practiced law for 50 years. And the three of them met with Mike Hayes, who had already been lead prosecutor in two counties and was city attorney of Oskaloosa. He was a very influential person in the region, to say the least. Mm-hmm. Mike Hayes and Tom went down to the sheriff's office and told the deputies that Camille had been, quote, shot in the back of the head, then dragged to a trash dump and buried under a foot of dirt. So as you can imagine, a small town like Oskaloosa doesn't handle a lot of homicides mm. and or much crime at all for that matter. And at the time, all of their cases were stored in bankers' boxes without any organizational method. So they didn't know. Oh, there was no like, okay, we put these all by date or case number or last name or first name. Nothing. They all they wow. were all or, yeah all logged. That's how I would organize them. Yes, but that is That's not bad. a good way. Yeah. No. They were so disorganized, in fact, that all of their offense reports are missing between the years of 1960 and 1984. So 24 oh, years of no. offense reports. Uh, that, those were the exact words used. I don't know if that's like all cases or what, but anyway, not good. Whatever mm-hmm. offense reports are is referring to, you probably shouldn't lose 24 years of them. So police searched the Bledsoe property and the ditch near the house where they dumped their trash and found Camille's body buried under some trash and plywood exactly where Tom said she'd be. Wow. Quote, her dark t-shirt and bra had been pulled up over her chest. Her black tennis shoes were still tied. Seven dollars and a school ID card were inside her pockets. Among the garbage around her, a pornographic film and a Countryside Baptist t-shirt. Tom turned over the 9mm semi-automatic gun he'd shot her with, which had been wiped clean of fingerprints, and Tom's other guns and ammunition were turned over by his father. Police did not, however, search the home or Tom's truck. Why? They didn't find, because they didn't know what they were doing. Oh, no. They didn't find bullets or shell casings on the scene until a week later... And only then, by accident. Oh, no. Courtney. And the crime scene was not secured, so the family and their friends were free to tromp all over it, and in it, and around it. And there had been reports of blood on Tom's truck that no one looked into until days later. The bullets and shell casings found near Camille's body matched the type that they had collected from Tom's father, and Tom had bought 9 millimeter bullets on the same afternoon Camille was murdered. Mm-mm. Tom was interviewed at the station, and the detective who interviewed him said that he started off by saying, quote, I killed her, or something similar, and explained, and then explained that he'd killed her in his truck, but no reports were taken, and there were no recordings of the confession. <laughs> God. And if there were reports taken, they were destroyed, because there were no record of this interview on paper or recorded. Uh, Camille's autopsy showed that she'd been shot four times and had five gunshot wounds because one, you know, mm -hmm. traveled through twice. And the first one was to the back of her head and the rest happened while she laid on the ground. The medical examiner said that the sexual assault kit was inconclusive, so that was an unknown. Tom didn't have an official criminal record, but was known to make because people... there were no records. <laughs> yeah, nobody well, yes. had nobody had criminal records there. That is a great point, Sadie. That is an excellent point. So it's not that he didn't do anything; it's just that they didn't take any records <laughs> of any kind. <laughs> like they're not taking records of his murder confession. Yeah, good point. But he was known to make people uncomfortable and had been accused of sexually assaulting some young boys on a church trip. But Pastor Bollinger dismissed the claims because he didn't believe his devout parishioner could be capable of such a thing. Please help me. It is also of note that after Camille's death, Pastor Bollinger said, quote, She was faithful. She was a good girl. She was quiet. She didn't talk. She always seemed to have a smile. She was an excellent worker. She was always willing to help wash dishes or clean up. Just to give you a sense of this guy's priorities. Tom also made Camille and his sister-in-law very uncomfortable, 
and he once left a pornographic magazine out in front of Heidi and Camille and was known to have a crush on Heidi. So by November 8th, just three days after Camille disappeared, the man who'd done it had confessed and was in jail. The end. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) Like, where could this story possibly go? I don't like it wherever it's headed. Where could it possibly go? What would make yeah. sense? That it, this guy would just is, remain in prison forever. Right. No, 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 no. Somebody's going to get blamed somehow. Yeah. So you would just think that it was all wrapped up, goody, 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 so tied up in a bow. But here we go. Here goes the next half of the story. <laughs> no, let's just stop. Let's just go ahead yeah. and stop right here because I, I can't handle what's coming. Oh, God. So Tom was charged with Camille's murder and held without bond. But after his first hearing, Under Sheriff Jeff Herrig told the media that Tom had not confessed to them. Um, okay. Herrig and his boss, Sheriff Dunaway, had strong doubts that Tom had murdered Camille because they just could not believe that a, quote, quiet, ardent no. churchgoer no, 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 without no. a criminal history could commit murder. You are kidding me. No, Sadiac. That's the reason? Get ready. Get Oh my God. the hell ready. Get the hell ready. You are never going to believe what's about to happen. Yep. Uh-uh. Yep. And when they listened to the voicemails he'd left Jim Bollinger, they couldn't get over the fact that he'd never actually said he'd murder her. What? Even though he'd confessed in person to a detective. And knew where her body was and knew what had happened to her and... Had the murder weapon oh, and the guns and the shell God. casings matched the ammunition and the gun and everything. Open and shut. The sh- openiest, shuttiest <sighs> case ever. Two days after she's murdered, he just says, calls 500 people, goes in, confesses, gives them every bit of evidence. But the sheriff and his undersheriff were like... I just cannot believe that would be Tom would ever do uh, that. He's what year are nice we in right now? Church going individual. We are in 1999. <laughs> God, not like even 1950 or nothing. <sighs> no. Nope. So here we go. Oh my God. And uh, I, okay, okay, okay. They I'm also not happy about any of this, everybody, just in case you're wondering. Yeah. Not okay. Everyone else is so comfortable with this information. <laughs> this is just how sometimes life happens. Everyone's super, mm-hmm. super keen on that. Mm-hmm. They also looked at a map of where the neighbor had reported he'd heard screaming on the day of Camille's murder and noticed that the Zool Dairy, where Tom's brother and Camille's guardian, mm-hmm. Floyd, worked, was very close by. Dunaway also remembered Floyd asking him, quote, she's dead, isn't she? Do you know if she's dead? When they still thought she was a runaway. And he felt that was just an odd thing to say at that point in the investigation. Jesus, Lord. Yeah, not that he's absolutely panicking because his, essentially his daughter, you know, his, Mm -hmm. the, the child in his care has gone missing and it was completely unlike her. And he was just freaking out because he's afraid that she's dead. No, it's because he knew something. Mm. And the Bollingers, Pastor Bollinger and his wife, agreed and pressured Dunaway and Herrig to look a little closer at Floyd because they just couldn't stomach the idea that their devout Tom had done what he told many, many people he'd done and then proved it by leading them to the body and producing the murder weapon. (laughs) They were like, he even helps this guy with multiple sclerosis walk back and forth to the church every day because he Mm -mm. struggles to walk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Jim Bollinger called his dear friend, Captain Oren Turner, to discuss his concerns and express that he really thought they should look into Floyd. He also said that he speculated that Camille had been a bit of a loose woman and had heard rumors that Camille had been pregnant, despite Camille very much being a virgin. She's a loose woman? She's yep. a child. Yeah. Now, this is Pastor Bollinger, who, and oh. Camille was one of his devout followers. She was there. She was supposed to be there on the night that she was brutally murdered in cold blood. But according to him, you know, she had a bit of a reputation. Not true, even, even the slightest. Hmm. Meanwhile, Tom's been ac- accused of pedophilia to Jim Bollinger. Mm-hmm. And he's like, nah. And he did nothing about it. Yep. Mm-hmm. 
Captain Turner wrote in his notes after the call, quote, I told him we have heard the same rumors at the sheriff's office, but we were waiting for the coroner's report before we could know anything. And if I did know, I couldn't tell him. So he was like, yeah, we've heard that she was pregnant. And so we're looking into it. Not, listen, bro, we have all the evidence we need that Tom did this. It's absurd that you would suggest otherwise. But, in, but no, yeah, I think that I think you might be onto something, Pastor. Bollinger encouraged Turner to interview his family to get a better to interview Bollinger's family. What? To get a better understanding of what a good person Tom was. What? And he fucking did it. No, he didn't. Yes. Yep. He also wanted to know more about Camille and the Bledsoe. So the captain was like, I need to really get to understand this victim, this child victim and her family. I need to get all the information I can about what kind of loose people these people are. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. And Jim's wife, Rose Bollinger, claimed that Camille was afraid to be alone with Floyd at night, which was denied by Heidi and all of Camille's friends. Rose also said that Heidi had been acting, quote, bitchy and aloof the week before Camille was murdered. (laughs) So on November 9th, Floyd visited the sheriff's department to report he'd seen blood on his brother's truck. But instead of giving police the last nail in his brother's coffin, they interrogated him from 8 p.m. until after midnight after convincing him to waive his Miranda rights and proceed without an attorney present. He agreed to a polygraph and was found to be withholding information after he wasn't sure how to answer, quote, do you have any knowledge of Camille's death? Oh, my God. Yeah. He's like, well, yes, I have knowledge of it, but what does that, you know, like knowledge of how she died or of her death in general? Yep. Tom took the same test, which he also did not fully pass. But detectives went right out and told the press that he'd passed with flying colors. Oh, my God. Yeah. It was kind of a similar situation where there was one question that was questionable for both of them. but Too ambiguous. For Floyd, they were like, you did not pass. For Tom, they were like, close enough. Wow. Tom also told police that Floyd had confessed the crime to him. Mm-hmm. And said that Floyd said he'd shot her with Tom's gun, (laughs) but blackmailed Tom into confessing by saying he would expose the fact that Tom had tried to have sex with a dog and had (laughs) masturbated to porn. Oh, my God. Yeah. Tom had only just bought the gun two weeks before the murder, and he and Floyd hadn't spoken in months and openly disliked each other. Tom's family, Tom's parents didn't even know he'd bought the gun. He'd had it for so for so little time. Despite the fact that Floyd's whereabouts were fully accounted for mm-hmm. on the day of Camille's murder, and that there hadn't been one single moment that he'd been alone and someone couldn't alibi him, Floyd was arrested. No, he was not. At 3 a.m. and charged with, quote, first-degree murder, aggravated kidnapping, and aggravated indecent liberties with a child. Oh, my God. Tom was released on a $2,500 bond, (sighs) and the charges against him were dropped a few days later. Dropped. Formally. Sheriff Dunaway told the media, quote, Church is Tom's life. We found that out from talking to people and talking to him. I'm going to puke. You should. You should just puke and never stop puking. You, we should all puke and just puke into, into infinity because it is truly, truly disgusting. I mean, and I don't want to get on a tangent, but I see this all the time. I I mean, I think we all, well, maybe yeah. not all of us, but like living where I live, the people are given passes constantly yep. because they are in air quotes devout christians yes. they're good christian people absolutely they're Bi- they know the bible yep and it makes me sick yeah it's sickening it's truly sickening like i have had people in my life tell me you know well they they good god fear and christian who raped a, a child yeah but you know 
He's found the, he's found he's the Lord. Found, no. Prove no. it. How do you know? Like, right. I need to see a and picture what does that of the Lord anyway? that he found. I need to see some sort of identification. Because right? Yeah, but he should still be held accountable for his actions. Like, nope. great. Okay, great for him. I'm happy about that. That does not change the fact that what he did was horrendous. I saw a stand-up... <clears throat> The other day, where a, he, the guy was from China, and he said, I came to the United States, and the Latter-day Saints came to my house and asked me if I'd found Jesus, and I said, no, I have not. <laughs> and they said, well, if you don't find, you know, if you don't accept Lord, Lord and Savior, you're going to hell. And he said, well, you know, I'm from China. We don't, people don't have not, they don't know Jesus in China. Are they also going to hell? And they were like, no, because they don't, they've not found him. You know, they don't know about him yet, so they don't have to go to hell. And so he was like, well, then why did you just tell me about him? <laughs> <laughs> you were solely responsible just, yeah, for sending so, me to hell. Why did you, you bring the hell into my house, sirs? <laughs> Thank you for nothing. I could have just gone on to heaven for not knowing who Jesus is. There's a mm-hmm. real flaw in your plan here, guys. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Anyway. So the day, not that I'm bashing on all Christians. I really want to be clear about that. I'm not oh. not Christian. I'm very Christian adjacent. But the reason I'm not, I can't say I'm fully Christian is because of bullshit like this. Because it is a very, very, very messy religion. The day after Floyd was arrested, the crime scene was finally searched and the bullets were found. The day after (laughs) Floyd was arrested. No. Tom's bedroom was also searched for the first time. You were, no. And more nine millimeter bullets were collected from his room. Everyone just uh, enjoy that fact for a moment. I'm just, I'm done. I can't talk anymore. Floyd's trial was set for April of 2000, and he had to attend his own trial wearing a bulletproof vest because he'd received so many death threats from Camille's family. Heidi and Floyd's marriage had been on the rocks leading up to the murder, and the prosecution claimed that Floyd had admitted to the police that he thought Camille was attractive. Tom testified that Floyd had confessed the crime to him when they had pulled up to each other on the road— and Floyd had told the story while both brothers were in their cars with their motors running. So they're driving up to each other on the street and then just happen to stop and start chitty-chatting. Right. The defense never questioned how Tom, who was so hard of hearing, he couldn't hear a normal voice in a quiet room unless he was right next to the person, (laughs) (laughs) was able to make out a full murder confession in a running car. Tom and Floyd's father said that Tom was, quote, with him and his wife at an auction until 1 p.m. on the Friday that Camille disappeared and that when they got home at 10 p.m., Tom was asleep. He said a security alarm, which would have gone off if anyone left the house during the night, did not go off. Oh. So he definitely doesn't know how to turn it off. And so even though he was not accounted for between 1 p.m. and 10 p.m. and Camille was murdered at 5 p.m., mm-hmm. he is sure he was not the one to do it because they never heard the alarm go off. In the middle of the night when Camille was already dead. Well, but before that, he's saying okay. before 10 p.m., but oh. still, mm-hmm. yeah. He did, not get a, he did not get a notification that the alarm had gone off. The man who'd heard the screams in the woods near the dairy where Floyd worked said he'd never heard gunshots. So he'd heard screams. They were in the vicinity of Floyd's work, but he's like, I'd never heard gunshots. Right. And she had been shot four times. Pastor Bullinger's wife and Heidi both testified that Heidi and Floyd's two-year-old son, Cody, had told them stories about how Tom had killed Camille. So Cody had been telling family members or multiple accounts of Cody saying, quote, Tom shot Camille, boom, 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 and dumped her in the water. Tom put Cody's blanket around Camille and also put Camille's blanket around her. Tom closed Camille's eyes and he kissed her cheeks. Oh, wow. Yeah. So Cody had told multiple people this. So Pastor Bullinger's wife and Heidi both testified to this. Why a two-year-old's, like, recollection of the murder had been admitted into evidence is absolutely bizarre. 
No. In the first place. And he was saying this after Tom had already gone to prison. So, you know, of course, everyone's like, yeah, he overheard people talking about what had happened. But then the prosecution. So like the defense, he wasn't home at the time, that, right? The trial? Well, he said he was like in a van and he saw it happen. But I don't the know. Two-year-old. I mean, I don't, a two-year-old. Yes, this is, but it doesn't even matter. It's a two-year-old. A two-year-old little like, tiny where baby was, child. Where was the two-year-old at the time? I don't know. Okay. It, that, like, this, those somebody, details are not important, Sadie. It's <laughs> <laughs> but like you—you you would know if the kid was near the had a pot. Like, was he at the babysitters or was he with? I have no idea. Neil? Okay, doesn't doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. He's two, and you should not be ad- admitting no. two-year-olds' recollections, <sighs> murders into evidence. So the defense was able to bring bring these people to the stand, and they had to confess or like testify that this little two year old had said these things. But then the prosecution was allowed to bring in testimony after that. After Floyd's arrest, Cody changed his story to say that Daddy had killed Camille. No. Mm-hmm. Witnesses were called for the defense to report that Floyd had been at work until midnight on the day Camille was murdered. And then every second of his time had been accounted for after the fact. (laughs) Despite the fuck show of a trial, on April 28th, 2000, Floyd Bledsoe was found guilty of first degree murder, (laughs) aggravated kidnapping, and aggravated indecent liberties with a child. He was sentenced to life plus 16 years. How in the world? I don't know. Did they do that? No idea. No, absolutely no idea. Like he has an alibi. He, yes. It's not possible that he did it. No, 100% alibi. And plus his brother confessed to it, brought them to the body and turned in the murder weapon and more bullets and bullets and bullets everywhere all over Tom's house, millions and billions of bullets. And yeah. had been previously accused of molesting yep. children and yep, porno and Everything. Everything. So in 2004, a hearing was held on a motion for a new trial alleging Floyd's attorney had given him an inadequate representation, which the motion was denied. I know. If you can't win a case where uh, someone has confessed and all of the other things that you Mm -hmm. need to secure a conviction, you're not a good attorney. No, you did not do a good job at all. all. Yeah. They also said that Floyd was not the beloved brother. Like Tom lived with his parents. He was the beloved brother and the parents... And Floyd did not get along. And so when the father brought Tom immediately to the best attorney in the region, Floyd Mm -hmm. was essentially fucked. I cannot believe that. I know. In 2007, the court, quote, found that the prosecution had improperly discussed the facts that were not in evidence and improperly misstated evidence and testimony in its closing argument to the jury. The court also held that Floyd's defense attorney made numerous mistakes, including introducing Cody's statements, the two-year-old statements, suggesting to the jury that the case was similar to that of Susan Smith, a woman who years earlier had claimed her children were abducted only Uh to later admit she drowned them in a lake, and failing to object to the prosecution's improper arguments to the jury. But they said that the errors weren't sufficiently prejudicial to vacate the conviction. (laughs) They didn't. Yeah. Quote, on the record before us, this was a difficult case. Two brothers accused each other of vile crimes. There was ample evidence to support each accusation. Like what evidence? I don't know. I don't know. A two-year-old? I don't know. The jury, after weighing all of its substance and the credibility of the many witnesses, was persuaded that the state prosecuted the right brother. Although in the hands of another defense lawyer, the case may have been tried to another conclusion, may is not good enough, (laughs) the court said. Yeah, it is. Definitely is good enough. I'm going to go ahead and agree with you. So Floyd then filed a writ of habeas corpus, and in 2008, a federal judge granted the petition, and Floyd was released on bond. But a year later, he was back in prison after the U.S. Court of Appeals reversed the decision. (laughs) This isn't even like making a murderer. There's not even like vials of blood, you know, getting injected into sinks or whatever. This is just straight up mayhem. 
So then in 2012, the Project for Innocence sought permission to introduce touch DNA testing into the mix, and the request was granted. Quote, DNA testing of the vaginal swab, the sexual assault kit, and the clothing of the victim was conducted. The testing identified DNA consistent with Tom Bledsoe on the vaginal swab. You don't say. No, I know. Is everyone just shocked beyond Shocking. shock? Floyd was excluded from the vaginal swab, meaning his DNA was not present, not that he didn't have to be tested. Testing also identified the DNA of Tom's father, Tom's father Uh, uh. on the victim's socks, suggesting that he helped drag the victim to the burial site. I'm going to freak out. Yep. I'm going to freak out. You, you should just get in your car and start driving into people's houses. <laughs> I really might. Yep. I really, really might. Like, what are you doing, ma'am? I just, everyone <laughs> needs to understand. hear about this. I need your attention right now, everyone. Okay, this, is the, this, this really happened. Gotta go. Next door. <laughs> yeah. During their investigation of the case, the lawyers also discovered an order signed by the prosecutor, the county sheriff, and a representative of the Kansas Bureau of Investigation prior to Floyd's trial, agreeing that there would not be any DNA testing Mm -hmm. conducted on the evidence. (laughs) God, why? In October of 2015, Floyd's lawyers filed a motion to vacate his sentence, and in November of 2015, Tom Bledsoe committed suicide and left behind several notes confessing to the fact that he had raped and murdered Camille. Yep. Uh-huh. And they they kept Tom in prison? <laughs> they let him go. What's happening? In the note addressed to his parents, he said that Floyd was innocent and quote, please tell Floyd I'm sorry. Oh my God. Quote, in another note, Tom said that the prosecuting attorney had ordered him to lie and implicate Floyd. Quote, I raped and murdered a 14-year-old girl, he wrote. I sent an innocent man to prison. He also drew a map that explained where an additional shell casing could be located, and authorities were able to find it using a metal detector. You're kidding me. No. Then on December 8th, 2015, 16 years after he was insanely Mm. wrongfully convicted of the murder of Camille Arfman, Floyd Bledsoe was a free man. He sued the state of Kansas for $10.3 million in compensation, and just last week, he was awarded $7.5 million. Wow. Good. Floyd remarried and had two more children— He was also able to convince his former lawyers to take the case of a man named Trevor Corbett, who had been wrongfully, well, allegedly wrongfully convicted of killing his ex-wife, and a judge granted DNA testing in 2018, but there haven't been any updates on the outcome of that testing currently. Hmm. That doesn't necessarily mean anything, though, because that takes a long fucking time, Mm -hmm. apparently. But in the end, the man who killed... Sweet, shy, budding hero Camille didn't spend a second in prison. And the man who had searched for her endlessly and tirelessly was punished, thanks to the misguided, selfish, and downright evil acts of a handful of men. Mm. And that, my sweet babies, if you're still here and you haven't started driving into your neighbor's homes, is the bizarre, horrible, heinous... Horrifying, mystifying, hit your head against the wall case of the murder of sweet, sweet baby, darling, angel face Camille Arfman. I just can't even do it. No, no. It is un it is undoable. We can't that is just I yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't know. I don't know what to say. I didn't know what to say when I found it. I was shocked that it is not been covered and then covered some more. It's so horrible. I Probably because people don't believe it. They're like, that can't even possibly be true. It's so outrageous. Oh my God. And I found a documentary. So I, I found this case a billion years ago. It's been on my list forever. And I started to watch this documentary on it. And it was like, 
we're here to talk about how Floyd Bledsoe could be guilty. I was like, this is an hour and 45 minute documentary about Uh how he could, I I know, thank you very much. And then luckily there's been a book written about it. So I leaned on that instead. That's good. Which also could be biased, but still. Still. What the fuck? I just, yeah. That it's like small town. Yeah, like Floyd pissed off somebody long yeah. time ago, or like yes. cheated on the wrong guy with you know the wife of the wrong guy, or something uh, happened. Yes, where they 100%. were like, we are just gonna. There's no other explanation for it, really. Yes. You know, like other than just being that bad of, at your job, but. No, he was not a liked person, obviously, or just not the preferred brother. I think so. Mm-hmm. They're like, listen, fuck it. Good Keep enough. an eye on your son. Keep your eye on Tom. Make sure he doesn't do this again, and we'll make sure he stays out. And that rotten old Floyd gets it, gets put in. <sighs> yeah, I just it's, <laughs> it's really hard to sit here knowing that this is the world that we live in. It's very know? disturbing. It's very extremely upsetting. It's like researching cases like this and watching Succession just make me yeah. very feel very upset. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's like, ah, oh, this is the way the world works. It's just the whims of a handful of men. There was a great line in the last episode of Succession where this like Swedish billionaire is trying to buy, you know, the Fox News of Succession, basically, mm-hmm. right? And he goes to the daughter and son-in-law's party for the at the unlike election eve where it's like the new trump is going to be elected and the whole thing and he's talking to everybody and he pulls his sister aside and they're having a conversation he's like wow interesting crowd i really thought this was going to be a lot of way more sophisticated people but it's just a bunch of regular people gossiping and and like it's just gossiping in power isn't it and she's like oh yeah no we're not special we just it's all gossiping and money God, it's, it's so it true. It's all, it's all yeah. It this country is gossip and money mm-hmm. and power and, oh, God. Yeah. So there you go. Enjoy life out there, Thanks. pretending like everything's okay. You just got to hope that you don't end up in the wrong place at the wrong time with the wrong person in power because it shit could get real bad for you real fast for absolutely no reason. Yeah, man. When it's already bad enough. Like, it's bad enough that Camille died. Mm-hmm was murdered you know yep yes that you lost somebody you loved and 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 then she got like absolutely buried under gossip Mm -hmm. she was gossiped about her family her sister was gossiped Mm -hmm. about she was being uppity and bitchy in the week leading up to the murder like because she like there was a rumor that Camille had had an affair with Floyd and she was pregnant and that's why Heidi was pissed off and that's why anyway it's it's disgusting it's disgusting Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky Lucky? In line at the deli I guess Aha in my dentist's office more than once actually Do I have to say? Yes you do In the car before my kids PTA meeting Really? Yes Excuse me what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky I never win and tell well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So, all right. Well, uh, good luck out there, guys. Me. It's very perilous. It's a landmine of horribleness and also beauty. So, hopefully you're stepping all over <laughs> beauty today and not getting your legs blown off by horribleness. It's 50-50 chance. <laughs> Thanks for that. You're welcome. Um, let's uh, take a little hop, skip, and a fucking dive into name time, shall we? Yeah. Now that we know that the world is horrible, let's talk about things that are not horrible. It's name time. All righty, babies. During the pandemic, my middle school-aged children did an online academy but had to check in weekly with a teacher at their school. Their contact teacher's names were Miss Rude and Miss Hate. <laughs> they were two of the most wonderful and dedicated people. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's one thing to have one of those, but both? <laughs> R-U-U-D and H-A-I-G-H-T, but Rude and Hate. 
That's amazing. Um, <laughs> there's a town, Hobbs His Hole. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody sent us a sign, and it was the town was Hobbs His Hole, and on the same sign was Admiral Cockburn. <laughs> <laughs> Like previously known as Hobbs His Hole and founded by Admiral Cockburn. Uh, oh, someone's husband had an old coworker named, their name is pronounced Shake Maboob. I'm gladly, I'm gladly do that. Uh, it's his, I think it's the same listener's brother's high school principal was Mr. Hickey and the counselor uh, was Mr. Fricky. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Someone had an art teacher in elementary school named Mr. Charter Howe. <laughs> uh, this one might have come up before, but it's always worth a revisit to Major Dick Bong. <laughs> This is a for real, for real name. A uh, friend's mom's grandmother is Honey Child. So sweet. Someone's husband's name, Richard Dick Burns, professional fireman. Yeah. Way to fulfill your destiny, Richard Dick Burns. <laughs> it's either that or you're a urologist. Yeah. I am working with a very lovely producer right now, but he has the best name, Laird Edge. Whoa. whoa. Yeah, I love Laird Edge. So if you're listening for some reason, Laird Edge, your name rules. Uh, someone's cousin's maiden name was Ware, and her husband's last name is Wolf. <laughs> said we begged her to hyphenate, but uh, she said no. Werewolf. What? I know. That's Somebody sent me a... Crapple Steakhouse and Patio. <laughs> K-R-A-P-I-L could be Crapple, but we're going to go with Crapple. Crapple. Either way, that is a funny That's name. Amazing. Some first names, Perfect, Precious, Promise, and Prophecy. Oh, my God. There is an Abichu Pikachu. That is a real name in this world. Abichu Pikachu. Muffy McDuffie. <laughs> and Lara... Elizabeth with an A. <laughs> Elizabeth. There's Lara, Lara, God, Laura, Polar, Peter. <laughs> Natalie Lee. Natalie. <laughs> Natalie Lee. The oldest woman in space was Wally Funk. How do we forget yeah, about yeah. Wally Funk all this time? There's a Josh John. <laughs> Josh John. <laughs> Josh John. There's a Dolce and Ciabatta Bakery and Cafe. Yeah. (laughs) And Garland R. Quarles. (laughs) (laughs) Garland R. Quarles forever. (laughs) Never gets old. This never gets old. It really, 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 really (laughs) never does. God, I was also watching, I think it was the, whatever the, Cheryl Strayed show on Hulu or whatever. It's like mm-hmm. it's like called, it's not a million little pieces, but it's got one of those names. It's right. like all, all those shows that are yes. called that. It is wonderful. It is absolutely fucking wonderful. I cannot recommend it highly enough. And every name in the credits was wacky, and I keep meaning to go back and uh, look through them, but that I, I have not done that yet. All. Oh God, go get your you. little cry pants on because. We, we had to like take a break because we had cried so hard that we were going to oh, rupture something. Yeah. God. It's so good, you guys. It is so good, especially if you're a Cheryl Strayed fan. Yeah. The first episode, I was like, what even is this? This is sad. This is not going to go where I want it to go. Oh, it does. And then some. It goes hard. <laughs> it's so beautiful. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And, but we don't know what it's called. It's called like little pieces of everything. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let me look it up. We used to listen, or we used to read the Cheryl Strait, tiny beautiful things. Mm-hmm. Um, we used to read the Cheryl Strait, the Dear Sugar mm-hmm. advice columns to each other, or like send them to each other in Portland. And I was like, and per- surely they're not as beautiful as we thought they were. We were just young. Oh no, she changed the game, man. She fucking yeah. really changed it up. <laughs> she changed yeah. how we talked to each other. I would like to give her credit for a lot of vulnerability that is currently present yes. in this 
society that was not pre-deer sugar. She's amazing. Say, yeah, she really did change the way we talk to each yeah. other. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and think about our own selves and our emotions mm-hmm. and our experiences. It's hard to believe that there was a time that we weren't so in touch, but it was not that long ago. Yeah. Also, the show, I love that for you. I can't, it's on Showtime. Guys, run, don't walk. If you like Bridesmaids, if you like I Love You Man, holy God, it is a laugh a minute. I need to watch that too. Yeah, I want to remember all the things she says because they are just so, it's such good comedy. Anyway, speaking of comedy. (laughs) (laughs) Got a couple shout outs in you? I do. If you all want to get serenaded eventually in a month or three, (laughs) you can sign up for our Patreon for as little as $5 a month. There's like 150 episodes over there or something like close to that. They are full episodes. They are rarely below 30 minutes. And uh, then you get this too. You get a special song just for you, if that's what you want to call what I'm about to do. (laughs) Oh, well, thank you so, so much to Heather W. Heather W, capital W, Y. Everybody wants to know as they walk by. Are you so beautiful? Why do you make us all stop and stare in your presence there? Why do you make us all feel captivated? Why? Why, Heather? Why are you as vast as the sky? (laughs) Why are you the reason that people believe in themselves and the future have hope for the creature <laughs> inside say. of themselves to grow in a cool way and come out and start prowling and get everything that they want and believe in Heather. Let your creature out, everybody. Yeah. Thanks to Heather, you can. She will give you the answers. Oh, thank you so much. To Kyla L. Oh, please come on around here with a name like Kyla L. Kyla sounds to me like the if when the water laps when you're at the lake, like or a big pond, you know, a small lake or a big pond or a big lake. <laughs> now I'm going to list all the name, sizes of potentially sizes of ponds. And lakes. Big pond, small lake, medium. No, that sound that. You know that specific sound when you're by yourself or with someone else and it's so peaceful, it's so quiet, that little that little sound that a lake makes, like a not a yes. breeze. That is yes. a Kyla to me, right? Oh, Just like yeah. beautiful, perfect, serene, calming. The moment where you're like, Holy shit, this is a really nice place to live, this earth. This is a it's worth it. Mm-hmm. That's what Kyla is no. to me. It's the when the horizon line is matches the sky and everything feels endless and one and harmonious and hopeful, that's Aww. that's a Kyla. That's so nice. So anytime you hear that little lappy lap sound, people think of Kyla because that is Kyla saying, "What's up, bitch?" <laughs> you made that noise really well too. I live by a lake. <laughs> it's my favorite thing. I take the dogs down there and you get out there and it's just so, it's just the best. There's nothing else like it. It's like waking up at 5 a.m. It's miserable, but it's also fucking awesome because the world smells different. It sounds different. It feels different. You know, it feels like you're getting a little special thing. That's what the Kyla is. It's a little special thing. I want to go be by that right now. I could I really use too. a dose of Kyla yeah, right this second. I do. Thank you so much to Emily W. Emily, we got another W, but not the same as the first. This W does not stand for worst. W-U-R-S-T, like the (laughs) liver, slash other kinds of worst that I can't remember. But I'm also not here to name all the types of worsts or the sizes of ponds and lakes. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm here to tell you what the W stands for. In the case of Emily, it stands for WAD. And you might be thinking, why would you call her Emily Wad? Well, it's because that's the only way to describe what the magnitude of her presence, her power, her gorgeousness, her grace, her style, her effervescence, fabulous and face. It's a big wad. It's a wad of all those things, but not like a small wad, a huge wad. <laughs> How can a wad be huge, you say? Because the nature of a wad is that it's kind of for a pocket-sized. <laughs> but <laughs> Emily g- gathers it up. She cannot be bothered to call it a boulder or call it a mound or call it an avalanche. <laughs> Because she has found that she just has to keep putting it onto the wad. <laughs> she doesn't have time because it's so rapid. All the goodness that's coming into her, she just has to throw it on the wad and keep moving. <laughs> So now the wad is the size of a building. It's getting so big that people are fearing that it's going to take over, but that wouldn't be the worst thing, now would it, to get clobbered by Emily's wad. (laughs) (laughs) Clobbered by a wad. That would be a good way to go. Clobbered by a wad of gorgeousness and grace. What happened to old Eck? Old Courtney Eck. Well, she got clobbered by Emily's wad. I knew that thing was going to get someone someday, but it's worth it. (laughs) <laughs> one last but not least last but not least <laughs> thank you so much to Samantha Y <laughs> give me another W Samantha Y stands for why no it doesn't we've already covered the Y today it stands for you capital Y-O-U and the Y also it's an acronym the U is an acronym and the Y stands for <laughs> <laughs> Y'all are like the sh- movie about the dog that dies, but it doesn't refer to death and tragedy. It refers to a love that is unconditional. <laughs> Talking about old Yeller? Yes. <laughs> when you love something enough to cut a horse's tail hair and sew up a wound <laughs> in the middle of the <laughs> In the middle of the de- high desert or wherever the fuck that kid lived. That is what the Y stands for. Oh, God. And the O stands for outrageously beautiful, gorgeous, and killer, and also coolness and fabulous and old, like old yeller. No, outrageous, I think is what it stands for. But know, yeah, also, also old, old you're right. It also brings it back to old yeller and the fact that you cut a horse tail hair to stitch up your friend. He's your best friend. You want him to live, and he does in that moment, but doesn't for long. But it's okay because it's better to have loved and lost than not to at all. And rabies is bad, and it really (laughs) You need to take it seriously and get your animals vaccinated, which is also a sign of unconditional love that you would spend a lot of money every year to keep that shit up. It's easy to forget, but you don't want to do that. U stands for you. It comes back around to the acronym Y-O-U, but also the letter U, which is weird to think that they can mean the same thing because English is weird and complicated. But if you love it unconditionally, you will learn it. Because sometimes you love things that are don't make sense. And that is a really profound kind of love. And that's the kind of love that, what's her first name? Emily. <laughs> Emily gives you. I think. Oh, shit, dude. There well, you go, everybody. Well, another hour has come and gone. <laughs> Gracefully and perfectly, <laughs> flawlessly come and gone. Oh, wait. I think that was Samantha, not Emily. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't remember last. Samantha, the you. Why? Samantha, yeah, you, Y-O-U-Y, you, you. Oh, God. I'm glad. Thank you for checking. Sorry, Samantha, you are not Emily. But you are similar to Emily in a lot of ways. Emily's wad is going to get you. 
She might have gotten bumped by Emily's wad, which is why we got confused there for a moment. Jesus, Lord. All right. Well, (laughs) oh my God. Every week I'm like, there's no possible way they're going to come out of me. And then they they are. (laughs) There they are. They are. Yep. Oh, for better or worse. I know. Um, But thank you guys so much for being here, despite a lot of reasons why you should not. (laughs) We love you. (laughs) We love you so much. If you want to spend more time with us, you can do so on Facebook, Instagram, uh, YouTube or TikTok at They Will Kill. You can go to our website, theywillkill.com. You can email us at theywillkillpodcast at gmail.com. You can rate, revi- revive, and review. You should revive every day and review. If rate, review, review, and subscribe. subscribe. And revive. And I, think revive. I like revive. I like that idea. Uh, thank you, AJ Bergens, for our music. Thank you so much, AJ. And remember, go watch that Cheryl Strayed show, A Billion Little Lovelies or whatever. Okay. Let's see. What's it called again? Tiny Beautiful Things? Yes, Tiny Beautiful Things. Do it. Do not, do not tarry. Go. Go now. Don't, go don't see do it. it. <laughs> do watch Tiny Beautiful Things. Do not tarry. Just to clarify. <laughs> Sadie's uh, interesting in time <laughs> response. I appreciate the hype, though. Thanks. Okay, guys, we love right, you so we much. Love you. We will Have be here next day. week. <laughs> we'll be here the week after and ever yep. the ne- and after that. And ever and ever. We love Goodbye. you. Goodbye. 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 Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.